Hey there, Wizzes. How are you hanging in there? I've been saying it for the past few weeks, but what a weird time we're in, right? So from a retailer's perspective, it feels like we are living through Thanksgiving week over and over again. Shelves are bare in a matter of minutes. Shoppers are loading up huge carts and the lines are wrapping around the block. From brands' perspectives, we're seeing product move faster than they ever have seen it if they're focused on the health and wellness and immunity, or if they're a really great pantry staple. Or we're seeing brands struggle for sales, especially if they were focused on food service channels or catering to corporate accounts. So shopping habits have changed swiftly, and we are seeing a rise in online shopping as more people are spending their days at home, on the internet and it feels like the safest way to get provisions. I mean, oh man, we are seeing things in the food industry that I have never witnessed before, and we all need to be responding in ways that we've never even considered before. So if you haven't dialed in your digital marketing yet, or if you're struggling to connect with new consumers online, this episode is for for you. Today, we are going to speak with Cynthia Samanian, my favorite experiential marketing whiz on the show, about how you can get your brand online, connect with consumers, and capture sales. Let's do this. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. You guys are going to fall in love with Cynthia on today's episode. And if you're hooked on the content that she's teaching today, I want to invite you to find out more about her digital course, online experiences for food brands. This is the only course focused on creating engaging digital experiences using proven tactics from her years of experiential marketing. So if you think you're already creating engaging experiences with your audience because you're on IGTV and doing Facebook Lives, well, I want you to think again. An online experience is a campaign that truly stands out because it transforms your audience into participants so they feel invested in the experience and ultimately in your brand. When they're invested in your brand, they become buyers. And I know that we all want more buyers nowadays, right? So find out more about online experiences for food brands in the show notes or at hiddenrhythm.com slash Allie, A-L-L-I, and use my code foodbizwiz to save $100 off your registration through April 17th. Hi, Cynthia. Welcome back to Food Biz Wiz. Thank you so much for having me back on the show, Allie. I'm excited for round two. So my listeners, if Cynthia's name is familiar to you, it's because she was a guest here on the podcast back in October 2019. So in that previous episode, we talked about in-person activations for your brand and how to connect with your consumer in real life. I mean, God, that feels like so long ago now. Well, so that episode was so popular that I thought we would bring Cynthia back for round two, this time talking about connecting with your consumer online. So as I said in the intro, Cynthia is one of my favorite experiential marketers, and she is the founder and CEO of Hidden Rhythm, 
an experiential marketing agency for natural food and wellness brands. So Hidden Rhythms activations are designed to grow awareness and build loyalty between brands and their target consumers. And right now, that's happening online. So Cynthia, I'm so excited to talk to you today and to hear more about how brands can take this leap and connect with their consumers over the internet. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks again for having me back. I cannot believe how different today's (laughs) world is from last October when we chatted on the podcast. I know. It feels like a completely different, different world altogether. I know. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm so excited that you and I, obviously, you know, we've stayed in touch. You're in San Francisco. We're in some of the same women in food groups, but I, I loved you know, thinking about how I was going to do these podcast episodes and shift things really swiftly to change with these, you know, changing times. And obviously you popped into my head, um, knowing that you've spent so long talking with brands and helping brands and figuring out how to make this transition for people from in real life to online. So yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. I mean, as you mentioned earlier in the intro, my work has been focused in the offline world. So I've helped brands with everything from large consumer pop-ups to intimate influencer events. And most recently, I helped some brands work on booth design for (laughs) Expo West and other trade shows that unfortunately are postponed. Uh, But that being said, I think that you know, with COVID-19, there are some really interesting opportunities for brands. And, you know, despite the fact that the experiential marketing industry has been completely put on hold with projects canceled or at best delayed, I actually think there are ways that we can translate the magic of that offline world into online experiences. And I cannot wait to dive into that through this episode. Me too. And so for those of you who are listening and you're like, okay, but what is experiential marketing? I haven't heard that phrase before. Can we just define what that is before we shift gears and talk about online? Absolutely. I knew that question would come up, but I'm so glad you asked it. So experiential marketing sounds fancy and fluffy, but really it's all about creating engaging experiences, typically in the offline world. And what you're trying to do is generate a really strong impression with your target audience so that they remember your brand, they talk about it with others, and ultimately they become loyal customers. So chances are most of the (laughs) listeners here have actually done some form of experiential marketing, whether it's sampling, demos, or being part of a larger pop-up, or even going to trade shows. They're all elements of experiential marketing at play. Gotcha. That makes so much sense. And, you know, even if listeners go back and then tune into that previous episode, I'll link it in the show notes. We, you and I talked about making sure that you continued the engagement with people who showed up in real life online. So I know that you've always been someone who talks about that, that balance between in real life and online um, through experiential marketing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting, you know, while most people who are familiar with experiential marketing think that it's only in the offline world, some of the best, most impactful activations are those that tie both online and offline elements together. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, whether you're working with influencers and there's a content piece that you want to use to amplify your offline event, 
there are so many different ways that you can do that. So really the online world is not something that's new to me or any experiential (laughs) marketer, but given today's times, we are seeing these offline experiences move online. And I can't help but want to think about how we can apply experiential marketing principles to make those online experiences better. Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm so excited for this this episode today. I feel like we all have we all have a lot to learn here. And I I think one of the most important things and we're going to get into this in a minute, but realizing that just because you have a social media present, just because you've perhaps like hosted a Zoom happy hour doesn't mean that you're necessarily doing an online activation or an online campaign yet, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So let's start at the very top. Can you walk us through some trends that you've been seeing online, especially in the wake of COVID-19 and what's happening right now? Sure. Yeah. I've been spending a lot of time on Instagram, Mm -hmm. taking a lot of screenshots, really seeing what brands, specifically food brands, are doing to step up in this space online. And Ultimately, it all comes down to serving your customers and your community. And there are a few different ways to do that. One of the most popular ways that I've seen so far is broadcasting. And that's via Facebook Live, Mm -hmm. Instagram TV, and of course, Zoom, Yep, (laughs) which has become a, a household name now. And really, food brands are now becoming content creators and offering consistent daily programming, which... Uh, may not be sustainable, probably isn't. But right now, that's what a lot of brands are trying to do to engage their communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw this one, Ali, but Miyoko's Creamery, which is a brand I've worked with and follow deeply, they actually have a Facebook Live show that they host daily. And it's called Miyoko's Home Comforts. And what's really unique about it is that it features Miyoko, the founder, cooking at home in her kitchen. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen this. So wait, <laughs> did Miyoko launch this after COVID went yes. down? Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the examples I'm going to share are like basically from the last two weeks. Once okay, gotcha, all gotcha. of this really, really got real here, at least in the Bay Area. Um, yeah, so there are no flashy sets or fancy camera equipment. It's It's her at the counter and she has a ton of, pets that roam in and out of the kitchen. (laughs) I think she literally picked like cat hair out of a bowl and was like, sorry, my cats are everywhere here. (laughs) Super personal, super real. And if you are a fan of Miyoko's, like seeing that is going to just make you so much more invested Mm -hmm. in the brand. Mm -hmm. Um, Within this broadcasting trend, I've also seen some brands be really resourceful and Mm -hmm. team up with chefs and other brand partners. So I know you know this brand quite well, Allie, but um, Diaspora yep. uh, has done this really well. I don't know if you noticed, but you know she just launched a, a killer IGTV uh, campaign. And this last week, it started with Allison Roman, right? Yep. 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 <laughs> and then she had some really you know, talented other chefs continue with daily Facebook Lives this week. So what I really love about what they've done is that, you know, by partnering, you're able to create content that's diverse and also grow your reach by tapping into your partner's audience. Mm-hmm. So it's a smart way for smaller brands or up and coming brands to talk to a larger audience. And also, just given the fact that we're all socially isolated, I mean, partnering is just way more fun than doing it all alone. Yeah. I think, I think we have enough solo time. Um, totally. So, 
So those are a few trends kind of in this realm of broadcasting or just putting yourself out there live. Cynthia, one of the things that that you touched on here that I think such a key point is that we, in, how should I say this? In this time where we're all in our own homes, it almost feels like it levels the playing field. So if you are a brand who wants to start using IGTV or start showing up on Facebook lives or whatever, it feels like you don't have to be so precious and perfect anymore. You're now competing with Miyoko who is in her home kitchen (laughs) pulling out cat hair. So obviously, you know, take a shower and, you know, brush your hair, but you can be showing up in your home kitchen or, you know, I hosted a happy hour on my couch. I think that felt really authentic and um, felt totally fine for this you know, this day and age. Yeah, that's that's such a good point. I didn't even think about that. And, and that's so true. I mean, no one is using flashy sets or has a, a team of people coming over. Everyone is in selfie mode, just kind of doing it themselves or, or putting their phones on a tripod and hoping it works. So totally. Um, Cynthia, I know that you're a fan of Amy Porterfield as well. <laughs> I don't know if you've, you've heard her talk about getting a blowout every week before she goes live. Tuesdays. And, yes, Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> I've just been wondering, I'm like, I wonder if Amy's still getting blowouts before she goes live. I'm like, how is she showing up for her audience right now? You know, I think she actually has her hairstylist still come to her. I can't confirm that, mm-hmm. but but her hair's still looking. her hair's still looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're seeing these brands online, you know, obviously showing up on Zoom, showing up on IGTV. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, it feels like everybody's jumping on there, right? Right. Have you seen any ones that are like really standing out in the newsfeed for you? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so it's interesting. While I primarily work with food and wellness brands, I do look outside our industry for inspiration mm-hmm. because I think we can all really learn from other brands out there that have been thinking about things in different ways. Have you heard of Olive and June, the nail care company? Oh. They have <laughs> I'm I'm getting targeted on Instagram. Are you, yeah? yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're the ones east. with the like interesting brush handle thing. Maybe. So they're, uh, I, I don't know if I've seen that, but they have salon, like nail salons. Yep. Um, and then they now have their own nail polishes that they sell, I think at Target. Yes. But what's, I mean, you're probably getting targeted. I definitely yep. only know about this campaign because I'm getting targeted on Facebook. And actually, uh, a friend of mine who's also in the experiential space had mentioned them to me when I was asking my community for ideas around brands doing big things. So mm-hmm. they're getting out there. Um, what's really powerful about what they're doing is they've found a way to bring together offline and online and make a hybrid experience. And I'll, I'll share a little bit more about what I mean there. Um, so first off, for those of you who aren't familiar, Olive and June has brick and mortar nail salons and now they have their own product line. And this all was established before COVID-19. Yep. Well, of course, now that non-essential businesses are shut down, I think in most of the country by this point, uh, women <laughs> are running around with really bad manicures. And, <laughs> and you know, are, there are some women who and men um, who are very, very, uh, I should say, disciplined about getting their manicures yes. on a regular basis. Yeah. So what they had done, which I think is so smart, is they use this opportunity to serve their customers in a really, really big way. And they created a Manny Bootcamp, which is a whole campaign. And it includes 
a, per, a set that you can purchase, which is manicure tools and nail polish. You can buy it on their website, free shipping. And then they've supplemented that with content and they have free daily online tutorials that show customers how they can give themselves a professional manicure. And it's just, it's fantastic because it's a win-win all around. Not only was Olive and June able to pivot quickly to meet the needs of their Mm -hmm. customers, which is help me get my nails back in order, but they were able to do this while selling their products and grow their brand and people are talking about it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the fact that they created something to sell um, and they've done it in a way that's in service of their customers. So Uh, it- I love this. To me, that's just so impressive. And I think the the holy grail for how brands can market today in an authentic, meaningful way. Yeah. And I think what what really hits the nail on the head too is that if, let's just say they tried to launch this, I don't know what you called it, the like nail boot camp. Yeah. If they tried to launch it, let's say in November or December last year, it probably wouldn't have been met with as much enthusiasm, right? Like we know it wouldn't have been because people were not people didn't have the problem of being stuck at home, not being able to get their nails done. Right. Exactly. Um, oh, I love it. That's such a great example, Cynthia. Yeah. I, it's one that I keep going back to. And, and I know that there are parallels in the food industry. I can't wait to have some of the brands listening here come up with that because um, I've seen it with others as well. They, uh, you know, uh, Miyoko's also has done this where they've packaged products and turned them into bundles yep. that then can get shipped to your house. But I think the pairing of of your product plus some sort of online component is really uh, just a, a perfect pairing in today's world where people are online more than ever, but are still able to receive shipments, at least yeah. for now. <laughs> now. <laughs> and yeah. it really proves that they know their target audience through and through, right? They're like yep. sitting around thinking like, what is our target audience worried about right now? It's, you know my ragged cuticles. <laughs> How am I going to solve this problem? Yep. Oh, I love that. I'm, I'm going to go look up Olive in June um, afterwards, yeah. after we get done with this recording. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one of the things that you mentioned that there is that Olive in June is being really authentic and compassionate as, as we're moving through this time that is really like filled with emotions. And yeah, you know, people are people are scared and rightfully so. And one of the things that I've heard a lot in our food biz whiz community is this hesitation to market online, a hesitation to sell in these uncertain times. There's a way that that, like brands are anxious about it. Can we talk about that a little bit? Like how do you have a stance on that? And I mean, I have a stance on that. Um, (laughs) Do you have a stance on that? And how can brands continue to show up authentically in a way that feels really good, particularly right now? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. And I think it's a really delicate dance. So first off, brands absolutely need to show compassion for their customers and acknowledge that it's just a really strange, tough, weird, uncertain time. I mean, your customer may wake up one morning feeling great and the next morning read the news and feel totally down, right? Like we're all living this emotional roller coaster. um, But at the end of the day, I I think you can never go wrong by leading with compassion. Um, So let let me start by saying this. If you're still running the same ad 
copy <laughs> and images or, or running email campaigns that you had back in February, then I strongly urge you to go back and revisit them. Yep. Just the other day, <laughs> you won't believe this, I got a marketing email from a brand I love. Like I'm telling you, I'm a loyal customer, but it was so tone deaf. The ad was essentially encouraging me to get outside and enjoy the outdoors with their product in hand. Mm-hmm. Like, mind you, this was sent after all of the national parks and beaches in California had been closed. Yeah. Like two weeks later, right? Yeah. 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 So I showed it to my husband and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how, how did this happen? Right? So take a minute, look at all of your communication channels, look at those you know, email sequences that you wrote last year and maybe mm-hmm. haven't revisited. <laughs> I know I've done it on my I end. Did it and, too. Right. Yep. And yep. it just, and I'm not saying every email needs to be COVID 19, COVID 19. Like, I actually think it's okay to just, you know, reread it through the lens of today and say, does this make sense? Uh, we don't have to call out that it's hard times in every communication, mm-hmm. but yep. I think we just need to take another read through it given today's times. And to answer your other question, I believe it's absolutely okay and frankly necessary to market and sell your products right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, People really want to support small businesses and there is nothing wrong with having your brand be there as a brand for customers to buy from. Um, You know, people understand that small businesses are going through a tough time. And if you provide something of value and you you know, are able to sell in a way that feels in line with who you've been up until now, <laughs> then great, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think it comes down to asking yourself, you know, how can you make the lives of your customers better? Uh, that's what you should be focused on with everything you put out there, whether it's an email, social copy, your product. Um, and so, you know, just be aware of that. And I think you can still sell in this atmosphere, understanding that those things are something you should consider. Yeah, I absolutely agree, especially when you're a product that solves a problem, right? And that problem can feel trivial if, you know, if it's not a problem that you personally have, but like, you know, let's say you sell cookies and the problem is that, you know, this the consumer is looking for comfort food, by all means, they find relief and they enjoy purchasing your cookies, right? So it doesn't matter how trivial that problem is. If someone has it, it's worth solving. I mean, literally right before hopping on this uh, interview with you, Allie, a friend of mine had posted on Instagram, hey, I'm looking to support a small business that sells scented candles. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) taking recommendations, right? Like, yes. Scented candles, clearly not a necessity, although I guess it depends on who you live with and how many kids you have and all of that. But, um, you know, you're absolutely right. Like people are still eating cookies and buying candles. And uh, as long as that's still happening, I think the brands that create those products and services should absolutely feel comfortable to put themselves out there. But once again, it's not business as usual. So you have to rethink your marketing messaging and your tone and just tap into who you are as a brand. I mean, I, I know m- many of the listeners that you have here like have mission-driven brands mm-hmm. with a really strong yeah. story and get back to those roots and you know revisit that. Yeah, I I think that that's such spot-on advice and the the practical practical advice, Cynthia, of going back and rereading your <laughs> automated emails and your sales copy is is the 
is so key. Like you've got to, if you haven't done that yet, like that is the first thing that you do. Um, you know, moving, you know, pause this episode and go do that because it's so important that you're not tone deaf here. Yep. Okay. I've got one, I've got one question that I want to ask before we take a sponsorship break. And I, this is a, a little bit of a tricky one, Cynthia, where we're talking about getting online. We're talking about showing up for your audience. And I feel like everyone's doing that right now, right? Like the internet has never been busier. How, how can someone stand out if it's, if we're just having more and more people, more and more food and beverage brands get online and try to sell their, their products? Yes. Yes. That's, that is such a great question because you're absolutely right. If everyone is running the same playbook, then how is anyone standing standing out? So I have a few tips to help with this. And I should mention that I do have a guide. Some of the examples I referenced earlier are part of a guide that has 19 different ideas to market your brand creatively online. And I think we'll share the, the link in the show yep. notes later. Um, but you know, I, I do think we are in kind of the V1, the beginning of what it means to do more online. Uh, and so I'll share more about that later as we talk about the future of online marketing. But when it comes to tactical advice for brands today, I have three tips. The first is to decide on a format and stick with it, right? So it takes time to build up momentum. And with so much noise on social right now, consistency is king or queen, I like to say. <laughs> um, as, a, as I'm sure your listeners know, it gets really hard to hard to create a viral campaign overnight. Um, and that's always been the case. And that hasn't changed today, right? Yeah. So just because everything's moving online doesn't mean like that you should expect these quick wins. It's still going to take work. But you know, when you have limited resources, you need to focus on one thing and do that one thing really, really well. So if it's going on IGTV, great. If it's hosting a weekly workshop on Zoom, fantastic. Like Whatever it is, find that one thing and stick with it long enough to build momentum and get the word of mouth going. Yeah, that's so smart. We talk about this a lot in Retail Ready where (laughs) I always say like, I would rather have you choose one social platform and do it really, really well than, you know, choose four and do them all, you know, I, I I can't swear on my own podcast, but you know, do them all, um, you know, half half baked I'll say. Yeah. And easier said than done. Like I'm guilty of that too, spreading myself too thin. And I know that right now everyone's looking around and seeing what their fellow food brands are doing. And, you know, there's a little bit, a little bit of that happening and that's okay. But just remember that, you know, you don't have to do everything. You shouldn't do everything, but stick to one thing and try and figure out that formula. Um, The second piece of advice I'd give is to partner where possible. And I touched on this before, but especially if you're a smaller brand with limited reach, um, which a lot of the brands I talk to ask me this, they're like, if I create something cool, no one's going to see it. Well, yeah, I get that. You need to find some big brothers and big sisters, (laughs) um, some brands that share the same values and the same target audience. And tap on them and see what you can do to, together. And you may have to do more of the work. Um, that's okay. Like there's, there's a trade-off, right? Um, but think about who you've partnered with in the past and what relationships you already have and try and leverage those 
so you can move forward quickly and not spend your time sending a bunch of cold emails. So I would first look to partners that you've done something with before. And, you know, ideally they're a bit bigger than you and they, you know, have an audience that you can tap into and that you want to tap into and you can provide them value through content, for example. Yeah. You show up as like the, the most organized, most respectful, like, you know, (laughs) wonderful person that you can be. So it makes it really easy for them to say yes. Exactly. Exactly. And lastly, this is a, (laughs) this is a bit of a meteor one, but I I would urge brands to design for engagement. Mm. So we'll, I think, cover this a bit later. But basically, the challenge to all of you listening is to think about your customers and your community, not as an audience, but rather participants. Mm. Right? So there's a distinction. In the experiential marketing world, we are always designing for participation or engagement, not just attendance. Right, we often say that an event is not a spectator sport. Um, you want your event to feel like something that everyone is a part of, and I really would love to bring that same thinking to the online space. So, if you're hosting an online workshop, think about how can you turn it from a one-way broadcast to a highly interactive experience, where you know the participant is not only creating something on their end, but they're then circling back and, and giving it to you, whether it's like having them send you a photo of it that you then share to your community or just, you know, finding ways to close the loop. And that's something that I spend a lot of time thinking about. I think that's the evolution of where these experiences are going. And once you kind of get to that place, I think you start to see some really uh, impactful experiences and engagement come from it. Yeah. That makes so much sense, right? Because it We've all been on that <laughs> Facebook Live or that Zoom call where it just feels like you're being spoken at and there's no real reason why you should stick around, right? Yeah. And and honestly, those will continue and that's okay. I mean, I, I host Facebook Lives in our private group and yeah. I do just that, right? Same. So not, right? And, and it's okay. I'm not saying that every experience has to be this well thought out designed campaign, but I do think that as a brand moving forward, if you can have that signature online experience that you've tested and honed in on and feel really confident resonates with your audience, like that is going to be a huge asset to your brand going forward, even when we get back to normal times of, you know, sampling and offline events. Oh, that's that's spot on. And I'm going to make us stop here, pause here, because I want I want to think about that for a bit. I want to throw in, you know, a great sponsor, and then we'll be right back. Hang tight, Cynthia. All right. What did I tell you? Cynthia really knows her stuff when it comes to marketing, and I'm so excited for her upcoming course, Online Experiences for Food Brands. Find out more about her course in the show notes or on her website at hiddenrhythm.com. In this five-week course, you're going to spend the first week learning the secrets behind experiential marketing so that you know exactly what makes people remember your brand, whether that's offline or online. Then the following three weeks are all about putting it into practice in the digital world. You'll follow Cynthia's step-by-step blueprint to design, create, and launch an engaging online experience to grow your brand. 
Then the final week is all about analyzing your results and planning for what's next. That could mean improving the experience and launching it again, or applying insights to improve your offline marketing once things return a bit back to normal. So I can't wait to see what you create with the help of Cynthia's course, Online Experiences for Food Brands. Find out all the details in the show notes, and don't forget to use my coupon code, FOODBIZWIZ, through April 17th to save $100. Okay, we're back. I love what we've covered so far, thinking about the trends that we're seeing online, thinking about some examples of really fantastic campaigns that are standing out, thinking about how you can speak to your audience during this wild time. And now, Cynthia, I want to talk about the future of online marketing. I think one of the things that I've heard in in my group is, okay, well, Allie, like you're telling me to go online, you're telling me to do these things, but like, isn't it short-lived? Like, I can't learn another skill right now. <laughs> I'm just focusing on getting by. Like, why do I have to learn this this short-lived thing? Do you think? Yeah. Do you think that there's weight to that? Like, is that valid or how? How's it going to go down, Cynthia? Uh, crystal ball time. Yeah. I, I love crystal ball time. It's great to listen back on these episodes in six months and, yeah. and see see where it lands. Uh, well, what you're asking has been on my brain nonstop. So I'm, I'm glad you're asking this question, Allie. So here's my take. I believe that constraints drive creativity, right? So never before have we lived in a world where our marketing was 100% online. How crazy is that? Right? Mm-hmm. We've yeah. we've had the reverse, which you know you and I remember yep. as children, <laughs> um, dating ourselves here. Yes. But to be a hundred percent online, that is completely foreign to everyone. Yeah. So without a doubt, the COVID has shifted our energy online in the most extreme way. Um, you know, do I think daily free cooking classes on Facebook Live are sustainable for mm-hmm. brands in the future? Like Definitely not. Like no. not even Miyoko's, right? No. Um, She'd be so exhausted. <laughs> right. And like, or yeah, a, a brand of any size, like yeah. that's not going to happen. Yeah. I think that's okay for now. I mean, I think now is a good time to experiment and see what resonates with your audience. No, no one's going to expect you to continue your daily Facebook lives for the next, you know, indefinite future. Right. Um, but I would say just be sure you're not jumping around from idea to idea too often, as I mentioned earlier. Like you want to get into a groove and build some momentum. Yeah. So here's here's what I think. I think once the dust settles on all of this and uh, we have events happening again in the offline world, I think that we're going to think about the online space in a much more immersive, experiential way than we did before. Uh, I don't think we're going to go back to a world where we're just posting photos on Instagram like we did in February or January or you know doing stories that were behind the scenes but nothing super interactive or engaging. Mm-hmm. Um you know perhaps instead of hosting a daily cooking class that same brand will go live monthly and do it in a bigger more thoughtfully designed way. Yeah. Right? So I'm actually like I said earlier like spending a lot of time thinking about this and I've kind of coined a term that I'm calling this form of upgraded online marketing. I'm calling it branded online experiences, right? Or this idea of online experiences as really the future of online marketing. It's about taking, like I said, like the interactions and the types of engagement that we can create in the offline world and figuring out how to do that online. And I think while it may not mean 
going on Facebook Live daily, it may mean fewer higher quality experiences. And that's where I'd like to see things go and where I think they can go. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I'm I'm really excited for this to infiltrate the food community and you know, food and beverage businesses because for so long we have been stuck in the food industry. We're not using technology. We're like, you know, just scratching the surface of e-commerce. We're like right at the very start of digging (laughs) deep into digital marketing strategies. And so many other industries are so much further ahead than we are. And I'm so, you know, the silver lining of this all is that I'm so excited to see our industry who typically is quite slow to adapt to change um, be forced to to respond very swiftly and and learn a whole bunch of new skills. I'm excited for it. Me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I love this. Okay. So long story short, invest the time now. Perhaps when things are a little bit slower, or when you have <laughs> when you have a little bit um, more permission to have it less professional so that you're set up for success in the future once once things get a little bit back to normal. Yeah. Use this time to experiment. I think, yeah. like you said before, you highlighted so well, no one is asking for perfection right now. They want you to show up. So you can take advantage of that right now and try out ideas that you've had in the back of your mind or back, back in the back mm-hmm. of your head. And you're yep. like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did this or that? Well, now you can do it, uh, at least in the online space. And people are watching and they're not judging super hard right now. So take advantage of that. And that it makes you seem, especially for, for my listeners, Cynthia, you know, it reiterates how much of a, you know, small emerging brand that you are, right? If you are there like doing... Uh, showing how to like make non-alcoholic cocktails in your kitchen and your toddler comes up and like knocks over the shaker, like wonderful, right? It feels so authentic. And I would love that. It it feels really sweet um, in a way. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So, but what's going to happen when events are back on the calendar? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good question. So, (laughs) well, trust me, like I can't wait for that day. I mean, my (laughs) core business was built around experiences in in the offline world. And so I can't wait to design some really cool booths and experiences. But for now, I think that, you know, like I said earlier, the, the online world has a lot of opportunity. Um, so once events are back on the calendar, I think we'll have both. You know, I think mm-hmm. online and yeah. offline have a really solid opportunity to play well together. If anything, I actually think that they'll be even more aligned. Yeah. Now that we're seeing offline events pivot to online experiences, right? Um, You know, each channel offers its own unique benefits. So I don't think one will fully replace the other. Mm -hmm. Um, As I'm sure your listeners know, like offline events are powerful because they provide that real face-to-face connection with your consumers. And we know that at our events, when we can get participants to roll up their sleeves and interact with products, they're more likely to remember the experience and the brand. So that sort of stuff is so much easier to do offline and not to mention like food products can actually be sampled in the physical yes. world. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, so I think offline will continue to be important. But on the other hand, this concept of online experiences, I mean, it really offers scale and reach. Mm-hmm. Right. So generally speaking, you can do more with less, whether that's 
financial investment yeah. or your time. And while your gourmet pickles can't be tasted online, like that's okay because your brand is more than your product, right? It's your values, your oh, beliefs, yes. your story, your supply chain. And if you can create an experience online that touches on these elements, then you can inspire your target customer to find your product on the shelves of their lo local grocery store or buy directly from you on e-commerce. So rather than view offline as a substitute for online or vice versa, I like to think about both as part of a like, set of marketing tools that a brand can leverage. I, I'm ex I, I can hear the excitement and the um, authenticity in your voice, Cynthia. It, I, <laughs> I love how how this has evolved from our conversation last October, where you were talking about that interplay between in real life and online. And now it just, it the connection feels even more important and almost even more seamless in the yeah. future. I, I think we're going to see that. That's great. Okay. So you keep saying this word online experience. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to say by now in the podcast, my listeners have heard my sponsorship that talks about your new digital course. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you clarify like what, what do you mean when you say online experience and how is that different than just doing that cooking demo on IGTV or that yeah. you know, happy hour on zoom? Great question. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I just coined this term. So <laughs> if you don't know what this means and you're listening, then you're basically like everyone. Um, okay. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it totally is fine. I mean, really what I'm trying to capture with that is this idea that um, it's about being thoughtful and intentional about the experience. So just to back up, hosting a cooking demo on IGTV like that can still be an experience. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the format so much that matters. It comes down to uh, being intentional about the strategy, the process, and the results, right? So you treat your online experience like any other element in your marketing strategy, right? Like when you create your email strategy, you're most likely not just firing off emails every now and then, or maybe you are, but you know that there's <laughs> a better way to do email and that you could take, yeah. you know, endless number of courses around emails, email marketing strategy. The same applies for this new format we have called online experiences where it isn't just about, you know, pulling out your phone and filming yourself. While you mm -hmm. can do that, like how do you actually add some discipline to it and make it a much larger thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, this makes so much yeah. sense. Even in like, you know, we think about measuring the efficacy of demos, right? And so I, I'm sure my listeners are very familiar with this in, you know, in our past life when we would measure, you know, the cost of demos, the cost of our samples are in our labor, you know, how frequently we're doing them and making sure that there was a return on investment. What I hear you saying, Cynthia, is that one of the most important thing with these online experiences is that you know how to measure whether or not they're worth it. Exactly. Exactly. So, right. I mean, it. the idea is to start with strategy and understand mm -hmm. like, how will you engage your 
target consumers through the experience, right? Yeah. And that's where the fundamentals of experiential marketing come into play. It's part art, it's part science, and so much of its power is rooted in how our brain uh, stores experiences. So we know that how that works in the offline world, and that's what I'm excited to translate online. Um, the second piece is thinking about process, right? So chances are like what we're seeing today has not really gone through an in-depth process of design creation and launch, mm-hmm. right? And that's okay. Yep. But like with any marketing discipline, things are going to evolve and get better and the bar is going to continue to be raised. So yeah. having a step-by-step blueprint that helps you improve your experience in a continuous way will keep yours rising to the top. Um, And then lastly, you're absolutely right about metrics and results, right? So you can't improve what you don't measure. um, And your online experience is no exception to that. So I am all about designing online experiences that are sustainable, repeatable, and solid long-term channels for your brand's growth. And so to make that happen, you have to know how they're performing and have them tied to goals that you can measure and analyze. So this shouldn't be a foreign concept, like you said, given that most of your (laughs) listeners are used to thinking about things in a really analytical, quantitative way. And I would just love to bring that level of discipline to this emerging space. Yeah, I think that's so, I think it's so valuable and so needed, Cynthia, because especially now I am seeing brands just flinging ideas <laughs> that's <laughs> the perfect say, word a flinging yeah, flinging yeah. ideas onto uh, online you know and seeing what sticks and i i don't want to I, I don't want to say it frustrates me i'm not going to be that that uh rude about it but it's clear to me when it is just a you know, a half, again, a half baked idea flung up on the internet to see if it sticks. And then of course, when we see these ones that are more strategic and more, you know, more thoughtful, those are the ones that are really standing out. Yep. Yeah. And if you only have, well, we all have limited resources, right? And even if you had the largest team in the world, you wouldn't want them spread super thin, but especially given the fact that, you know, if you have a small team, you have to be hyper-focused and there's no way that you can create something of high quality um, without really putting the time and attention into it and thinking about it in a strategic way. And that's what I'm really passionate and excited to do more of. I know you are. I know you are. And I'm so, I'm just going to say this one thing before I let us say goodbyes here, but Cynthia, you and I have been talking about your online course for ages. I think it's been about 18 months here. Am I wrong? It was like fall of 2018. Yeah, you you might, you might be right. You might be right. (laughs) So I'm so excited for this. I'm so, I'm so thrilled that you are offering this course to to food and beverage producers, especially at this time. I know it's going to help them so much. So thank you for being on the show. Where can people, where can people find you? I'm going to put your, your course link directly in the show notes. We'll have your 19 creative online marketing ideas in the show notes. We'll have your website where, but where do people find you most often online? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you can head to two places where I'm most active, uh, in kind of putting my face out there and chatting with people. Um, the first is our private Facebook group. Mm -hmm. So it's called the experiential table and we'll link to that in the show notes, but I'm in there every day. We have a really great intimate community of, 
um, marketers in food and wellness, as well as experiential marketing experts who are all really excited to talk about this space. And we are talking more and more about online experiences in that group. So uh, definitely join in that group if you want to be part of that conversation. Um, I'm also, of course, on Instagram. Our handle is hidden underscore rhythm. And I'm I'm behind that account as well. So if you DM me, that'll be me. I'll get it. I'll respond. And I would love to hear how this episode resonated with you. And if you have any questions, I know this is some some new stuff we're talking about here. And I love having conversations about it. Yeah, I can tell you do. And I, I do too, Cynthia. I'm so grateful for your time today and so excited to see what these brands do with your guidance. It's going to be wonderful to watch. Okay. Wizzes, thank you for tuning into today's episode. Again, we want to know how this landed with you. So like I said, we've got Cynthia's Facebook group linked in the show notes. I've got my Facebook group linked in the show notes. Cynthia's over there in my group as well. So we want to know how you are shifting your online marketing during these changing times. And I want to be invited to your next online event. I want to see what campaigns come out of this episode. So come to our Facebook group and tell us all about it. Again, you're going to find it in the show notes or at foodbizwiz.com. So as always, thank you for listening and thank you for joining in on the conversation. Until next week, stay healthy and stay busy. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.